This place seems empty. I think everybody leaves after Labor Day. This is nice, right? There's someone else staying here? Welcome back to Scream 101 Rerun Month. Woo. We are watching movies that we, or we are reviewing movies that we watched in 2018 um, while Sergio prepares for finals and does finals and all that super fun stuff. Um, The movie we're reviewing today is going to be The Strangers Pray at Night, directed by Emily Gordon. No, she can do better. Camille No, uh, Johannes Roberts or something, I think is his name. Yes. Um, the illustrious director of 47 Meters Down, my and least favorite movie of 2017. And what else? The Other Side of the Door. Nothing but bops this guy has made. Which, Horror bops. Look, that movie gave uh, a role to Javier Botet, so I'm always there for that. Yeah, Mr. Botet. Yes. No, he played the monster with the forearms. Yeah. Anyway, so normally we don't... Did we ever review The Other Side of the Door? No, we didn't. I don't no. think so. That's just one of those ones. Tune in next week where we review the other side of the door. Nope. I don't know what we're doing next week, but it's not that. Um, Normally, we aren't doing 10-word reviews on these ones because we are recording them ahead of time. Uh But I did watch The Strangers in preparation for this one. Mm -hmm. So I figured I'd do the 10-word review then, now. But I also didn't write it. So we'll see how this goes. So you're just winging this 10-word review right now? Yeah. Um, Pressure, pressure, pressure. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Uh, Spooky. Scary. Werewolf bar mitzvah. No, no, cut those two ones. <laughs> Spooky, scary. Um, werewolf bar mitzvah. Boys becoming uh, men. Men becoming wolves. Ooh, okay. Liv Tyler reminds me of Catherine McPhee. Scary, and I have an extra spooky, word. Liv Tyler reminds you of Catherine McPhee. Scary, spooky, period. <laughs> Liv Tyler reminds me of Catherine McPhee, okay. period. And I got one more word because that's only nine. So Bop. my last word will be booyah. <laughs> I think that's two words. I think it's hyphenated. Booyah is one word. Hyphens count as one word. Okay. Sometimes. Okay. Anyway, so that was fun. Uh, We rate all movies on scariness, campiness, FX, and quality out of five. But first, here is the plot of The Stranger's Prey at Night, which we will be spoiling. Yeah, so go ahead and catch a late night showing of it before you hear this podcast because it's a pretty good movie. It is fine. You heard it here first. Mike and his wife Cindy take their son and daughter on a road trip that becomes their worst nightmare. The family members soon find themselves in a desperate flight for survival when they arrive at a secluded mobile home park that's mysteriously deserted, until three masked psychopaths show up to satisfy their thirst for blood. So, I'm really excited to hear what your scariness score is for this movie. But first, I have a question for you. Okay, great. Would you want to stay at like a mobile park like that? Like for a vacation or whatever? You mean just like, just a bunch of mobile homes like hanging out around a man-made they lake? They weren't really mobile. They didn't seem that mobile. Okay. They just seem like little cabins. Yeah, the little bungalows. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it seems fine. Yeah. It seems picturesque. I'm just like tossing vacation ideas at you. Oh, okay, like great. For next <laughs> summer, or, you know what you want to do. I mean, there was a surplus of spooky mist in this uh, trailer park, so I'm kind of into that. Okay. 
like tour the spookiest mists of New England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. Great. What's your scariness? All card? right. So now that that's established, Brennan, start looking that up for next summer. Okay. Um, I gave it a. Th- let's give it a four. Whoa. Okay. Uh huh. It was scary. We were all on the edges of our seats. People were involved in the audience, you know. It was an involving movie. Yeah. Like so, people were cheering. Mm-hmm. It was that was fun. So it was effective at what it did. Um, yeah, I can give it that. Okay. What was the scariest moment for you? Um, scariest moment for me versus scariest moment for the audience. Uh, I didn't ask about the audience. Uh, the uh, scariest moment for me, I'm thinking, must have been uh, the pool scene oh yeah so the son is kind of alone fighting the strangers because the daughter she travels exclusively through tripping so (laughs) she hurts herself at some point multiple times this girl does yeah so he hides her under some sort of like the uh those little cross hatches things that are under a porch like a it's called like an Alice or something. Uh, yeah, like behind the lattice under a lattice. Park. There you go. That's the thing. I was like, we are so California. It's like we don't have any sort of secret spaces because those would collapse immediately in an yeah. earthquake. Um, but yeah, so he hides her behind on this lattice under a porch, and he's like, they won't find you here. And then he immediately proceeds to stare at her for like two and a half minutes while he decides whether or not to like leave her there. Mm-hmm. And it's like. If any of the strangers see you during this like emotional period, they will know for sure as hell that your sister's hiding there. Yeah. Yeah, he was just really blowing up her spot. Yeah. <laughs> which was not smart. And uh-huh. the I mean, this is essentially a remake of the strangers. Um, it's a lot of the same plot beats, and those characters were idiots, and so these ones also have to be idiots. Uh-huh. Anyway, the pool scene. <laughs> yeah, you're really building up, Brennan. I got really distracted by the lattice thing. Okay. Um he so he's alone. Because mm-hmm. parents are dead. Uh-huh. At this point, uh-huh. spoilers. Um, and I don't know. He goes to the pool and it turns it all on, and it's a bunch of like these neon palm trees. And Bonnie Tyler's total eclipse of the heart is blaring. First off, great song choice for that scene. Oh yeah, I just liked almost all the other '80s music. I have my opinions on the '80s. Um, that they're great. Reagan coming for you. Okay, well, uh, Brennan, continue. Um, yeah, so total eclipse of the heart is blaring because this movie has a very '80s inspired soundtrack. Um, basically, I'm going to keep getting distracted. That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. But the killer in the bag mask, he's basically baby driver because before he kills anyone, he has to turn on like the 80s station on his little radio Uh (laughs) because he has to have some ironic underscoring to his kills. Mm -hmm. Um, that's actually also kind of something that happens in the first one. There's a record that has a bunch of old fifties tunes and that's like keeps coming into play. So I guess that's just, he's the baby driver of murder. Put that uh-huh. on the poster. Uh-huh. And um, so, pool scene. Yeah. So, another 80s song is playing. There's big neon palm trees, and I can't help but think this must be the worst pool to be in ever because it's so obnoxious. Like, there's these big flashing neon lights and just... It's chintzy. Yeah, it is very chintzy. But I'm like, can't it just be a pool? But it was beautiful. Uh-huh. And then they have a fight in the pool. I don't know. <laughs> what scared you about it? Okay. Um. So, Brennan... Really, when <laughs> I went deep on the other things that weren't this, yeah, the things that weren't scary. So, the guy's in like some convenience store because he has to call the cops because he just left his sister behind this lattice, yeah. And while he's in this convenience store, he's calling the cops, yeah. Hilariously, uh, they need to find a landline. <laughs> um, uh, the phone goes out and he realizes that he's not alone in it, mm-hmm. and one of the strangers is there, one that has like some kind of French or 20s girl mask or whatever. 
the like like the very doll mask and not yeah. the one with like the big blank eyes. Uh-huh. She seemed like kind of like a flapper girl. Yeah. Um, and this girl's in there tormenting him. Uh, and so he eventually leaves. He gets to the pool and like the music turns on and the lights and everything's blaring and you see the girl behind him and you're like, oh, God, this is where this dumbass dies. Uh-huh. Uh, but no, sure enough, he was smart enough to take a golf club with him and he smacks her. Yeah. At which point the audience is going, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, like he wants to take off her mask because she's knocked down temporarily. But he notices that, you know, she is down but not out. And so then he has to stab her. And then, of course, the audience also cheers like, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was satisfying. Um, And then out of the corner of our eye, we can see. And that's one thing the movie was really good at is kind of like out of the corner of your eye, you would see a blur and realize that something was there that shouldn't have yeah, been there. Yeah, just framing um, like the people slowly approaching in the background. Uh-huh, so that was really well done. Um, uh, so you see that the guy's there and he sees that he just killed one of the stranger friends. And he's like, yeah, how do you like it? How does it feel? And then sure enough, you see that the guy has this huge, heavy axe. And you're like, well, <laughs> we loved you while we had you, baseball brother. Yeah. Um, and then a fight ensues between the two and they're in the pool. And eventually the guy ends up stabbed. Uh, you know, spoilers. Yeah. I mean, spoilers, he doesn't die. But no. you sure feel like he's going to. That's what I think is like you're left to believe that he's going to die there kind of choking on water and choking on his own yeah. blood because he was stabbed. And that, that to me was the scariest thing because I was like, oh, we just saw him have this huge victory. We just had hope that this family might make it out. Uh-huh. And they didn't. Yeah, that scene is – that was – start like shocking uh-huh. like not in the like this the, the i'm gonna talk about the original strangers again like that movie kind of had a no holds barred approach to like pretty much everyone dies in that mm-hmm. there's sort of an implication that Liv tyler kind of could have survived but like whatever mm-hmm. um but yeah it's like okay we're going there and there's just that really long scene of the pool of like the pool slowly filling with his blood and the song kind of fading in and out as his head dips under the water because he can't stay afloat anymore and the stranger just walks away from him and he's just like choke. It's yeah, it's, Mm -hmm. it's brutal. It is really brutal. But moments later, um, as he is dying and we think he's going to die and we're watching his death, his sister actually rescues him from the pool and leaves him be. And then she becomes the final girl. Yeah. Yeah, she sure does. My scariest moment is scary because, you know, it's in between two very light moments, which I guess makes it the darkest scene in the movie yeah. for me. Yeah, absolutely. What about you? What was scariest for you? Um, what was your score? We don't even know if you shared. Yeah, I, I'm i feeling like I'm convinced I want to bump it up one point, but I'm not going to. I'm going to stick with two out of five screams. <gasps> okay. I think for, I don't know, I for some reason I felt kind of numb to this movie. I think it was because I just watched The Strangers. Probably. Which I do think they're reasonably comparable. Like, they're both pretty solid, like, freaky horror movies with good framing and kind of dodgy acting. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, but I think seeing them both so close in vicinity kind of dampened this one a little bit for me. Uh-huh. But there was a great sequence that I totally forgot was in the trailer, so it worked for me. Oh, yeah. Which is this girl's hiding in this big construction tube, I guess? I don't know why it's there. Mm-hmm. Like a, I don't know seems like some kind of sewer pipe. Yeah, but I think, isn't it open on both ends? I think it's like where kids go to play. Like, I think it's part of a playground. Uh, okay, maybe. But yeah, she's like crying out at the guy, like, because the, the, the guy's in the truck and she hides in this tube and she has, of course, she has to blow up her own spot. So she's like, go away. And it's like, what if he didn't know you were there? Uh-huh. Obviously he does, but you really shouldn't confirm. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, so she's like, why don't you just go away? And then a voice from behind her goes, we're just getting started. And then it turns out there was a stranger in the tube the whole time. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that was a great scare sequence. And she kind of emerges from the blackness like Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. And I do find the fact that um, the strangers actually do speak from behind their masks. Mm -hmm. I find that to be incredibly disturbing. Like, I know the whole idea of the mask is, and like, it's the silent killer and it just wipes away their humanity. Mm-hmm. But the fact that the strangers retain their humanity in spite of the mask is something that's kind of freakier to me. Mm-hmm. Um, because they don't talk a lot, but when they do, it's always just blank and robotic. And it's like, oh, there's nothing in there. Mm-hmm. Even though they're, like, that little glimpse of humanity makes you even f- more sure that they don't have a soul. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really like those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was what that was. Um, no, that's that was a really effective scene. That was the scene that I think got the audience more than any other. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that caused audience members to like gasp and clutch their pearls. Um, but yeah, I was like, that was in the trailer. You guys have really shitty memories. Um, underneath my breath. Um, so barely. Yeah. I. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, so that was that. Yeah, and. It that effect did get dampened because literally everywhere they go, there happens to be a stranger right there that's been lurking there, mm-hmm. like under a blanket or whatever. And it's like these strangers have a Heath Ledger's Joker level of pre-planning of where everyone's gonna go, <laughs> um, which is a little silly. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was. I think I'm gonna give it a three. I'm gonna hand that to it. Okay, good, nice. good, running good. But I think for me, the the emotions it was stirring in me were kind of more like action horror where it's like, I'm like, yes, I'm here for this gore and I'm here for this like moment of retaliation against the villains. But I wasn't 100% like frightened. Mm-hmm. I was, it got my adrenaline up, but in a more like cheering rah rah way mm-hmm. and less of a, Ooh, way. Mm-hmm. yeah, I guess you're right. That I don't know if you, where you would count that, I guess in the overall score as to the effect that the movie had on you, like rooting for the characters in it. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. That comes later, I <laughs> okay, guess. Yeah. So we quantify that. Well, what's your campiness score? I like it too. Maybe even, yeah, too. I think it's fair. Only because of the line. Why are you doing this? Or whatever it was. What was the line? Which one? They all said the same one over and over again. Or, or they said a lot of basic things like, Leave us alone. Is anybody there? Yeah, like, no, it was leave us alone, uh, I think, is what all three of them said at oh, some point. Oh, yeah, that's the thing that you hated, where it's like, that's not going to work. Yeah. And then, like, at one point, I think Christina Hendricks, who plays the mother, uh-huh. like, screams it at the at the killer who's, like, knocking down the bathroom door because uh-huh. they're her- currently hiding in there. And then, like, it stops. And I'm like, well, clearly it worked, you know? And then she does approach the door like a dumbass. Uh-huh. She's like, I guess they're gone. Uh-huh. It's like, really, lady? Did you think this was going to work and scare them away? These people with knives um, that you just saw, like, killed your aunt and uncle. Yeah. Um, like, dumbasses, like, stereotypical horror movie dumbasses, they separate because that's what they always do, Brennan. I know. Um, well, I think for, I mean, yeah, the characters are very dumb. Mm-hmm. But the Christina Hendricks is smart because she didn't have to do that much work and she got probably the biggest paycheck to be in that movie. Um, Okay, my campiness score is also two out of five probably. Like I said, the the acting slips a little bit occasionally, especially from the men in the movie. Like there's the scenes between the father and the son are 
not the best. Like, whenever they're freaking out, it seems like both of them are on the verge of laughter almost. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, and the dad has this weird laugh scream that's just strange. And it's just. Oh, you're right. I kind of noticed that now that you mention it, for the dad at least. I don't know about the son. I don't know. The son just. He did, it, his it dad. kind of delirious. Like the he father. He did seem delirious. And he kept saying, for some reason, I don't know why, but the dad kept saying the F word. And I was like, you don't curse in front of your son. <laughs> I mean, like, my my dad curses uh-huh. now. But, like, the oh, this kid's always cursed in front of me. I know. I, the, this isn't, I don't want to seem like I'm a, like, a weirdly prudish moral person. You are, though. I don't know about that. But it just seemed weird to me for, like, the perfect suburban family that they were. I don't think they were perfect in any way, shape, or form. Okay, the house no. they were in was not a suburban house. Was it not? No. Okay. I mean, it was a nice home. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not looking down on their two-story house. Yeah. Um, But it wasn't like... Suburban homes are very, like, kind of manufactured. Uh, not manufactured. That sounds wrong. But cookie very, cutter. Cookie cutter. There you go. That's the perfect word for it. And that home was kind of like, I want to say, more out in the boonies. Like, it's more working class. Okay. I mean, that's fair. Um, I, d- I don't know why that stuck with me, especially because in a situation like that, you wouldn't be filtering yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's a dumb thing for me to bring up. Anyway, <laughs> just the, the dad, I just didn't buy anything about him fundamentally. So I think that's why I had that problem. Okay. Also, he had a weird accent. Also, he wasn't really like in the story all that off all that much. Not really. It was more about the mom and like how the girl was. Uh, mad at her mother for sending her away and then you know sad that her mother yeah got sent away to heaven <laughs> yeah she did so she went off that was her boarding school yeah um, anyway so um next effects oh also one more thing i wanted to say is there is a horror movie cliche that i do find very funny and that you could stab someone i don't know in the pinky toe and then blood will come out of their mouth that happens no matter what in horror movies. Like, mm-hmm. that's how you know that they're dying and mm-hmm. how you know that it's serious. Mm-hmm. Action movies, too. But, like, this guy gets stabbed in, like, the kidney, and then immediately blood comes gushing out of his mouth. It's like, that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. Like, the kidney is not going to, like, rub rummage up through your esophagus. <laughs> I don't know the human body. I'm not a doctor. So I'm not going to comment on that. I don't know. No in hor- fake news from me. In horror movies, people are like balloons where you puncture them once and they die. And also just there's some sort of blood sack in their mouth that goes dead time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that happened three times in the movie. <laughs> A lot of people were choking on their own blood here. Yeah. And it's like none of them were stabbed in the neck. <laughs> it's uh, It's just so strange. And it's a thing that happens in a lot of movies. Keep mm-hmm. your eyes out. I will. Tweet at me whenever you see it. I will. This is what this is what I want my legacy to be. So effects, Brandon. What was your score on effects? I'm giving it three out of five effects. <laughs> I want to hear why, because I don't know what I'd give it on effects. Because it's a slasher, and slashers aren't known for their effects. That's the craziest thing you've ever said. I've said that before, and you got annoyed. Yeah, again. Because literally, gore is effects, and slashers are known for gore. Fine, you're right. Continue. I am. Um, I think this movie had very little in the way of... I'll give it a two. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I think this movie had very little in the way of in-the-moment gore. There's a lot of uh, like after-the-fact gore. Like You get to see what happened to their aunt and uncle, and their like, jaws have been ripped off, and their flesh is all cut mm-hmm. up. 
and there was a car crash and the dad gets impaled on this wooden spike. Mm -hmm. Like there was some pretty solid gore that was really gross and creepy. Okay, so you're you're giving it two out of five? Well, yeah, I was just like, you gave it such a high number of a three, I assumed you had so much more to say about effects. I don't know, it was gross, and it did the job. Okay, you know, just more, you know. Um, you gotta send this out right here. Yes, I do. So uh, what Sergio was talking about is our promised ice cream gift card that we've been meaning to send to Mook and has sat on my desk for a couple days. A um, week now. That's not true. It's been a week. It has been. Oh, no. We'll get it to you. But he lives in a very cold place, so I haven't felt the urgency. <laughs> anyway, sorry, um, man. I'm, so I think by the time this comes out, hopefully it should have gotten to you. Okay. So, um, uh, uh, why well, give it two out of anything? Yeah, to me, I know gore is an effect. I just don't really view it like as such. Again, for the same reasons I've given other slasher movies low uh, gore effects. It's because there's no CGI, no, you know, sparks flying. Oh, you're you know? such a millennial. I am. I really am. I am a creature of my time. No, the fact that there's not CGI, I mean, we don't know that. But oh. the fact that, like, practi practical effects are effects, and they're more impressive than CGI because it's harder to do. Okay. What, did you want, like, a big dragon to come out of their knives or something? You know what? If Daenerys Targaryen were in this, I wouldn't have, you know, been sad. Okay. That's the mother of dragons of Game of Thrones. No, I, I do know that, but that was a, a rough sentence at best. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I just don't really think... Okay, yeah, I just, I've said my two cents on the, on the matter. Yeah, but you're like, oh, I love the tablecloths. Five out of five effects. You mean like, oh, I like the way the scene looks? Yeah. This is some beautiful cinematography. Five I out try of five. so hard to educate you on what effects means. Fine. If we're going by the cinematography alone, I give it no, three. No, we're not. <laughs> I give it three out of five. What's your overall quality score? Um, I want to give it a four, but it's really not that good because it is kind of largely forgettable. Yeah. So I have to give it a three, even though I think the redemption story and a final girl who is less than perfect is really good and pretty feminist, I think. Rock on, sister. Sure. Down with men. <laughs> I'm also giving it a three out of five. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like the eighties ness of it. Ugh. Um, look the the on the nose song choices not so much. Um, but the score itself, like the musical score to the movie, I mm -hmm. found really like John Carpentery and like propulsive and awesome. Uh -huh. And okay, that's fair. It had a really good score. Yeah, like there there are a lot of really slow establishing shots where we're going to zoom in on a mailbox for 30 seconds. There's a little smiley face on it. Yeah, but like the combination of the like really prettily lit mobile home park plus this like constant fog that's pouring in plus this like really kind of electro-gothic music is pretty cool imagery. Mm -hmm. Like it's a fun visual movie to uh -huh. watch. And it's so simple. Yeah. And look, this is not something I expected to say from the director of 47 Meters Down, which I thought was just repulsively ugly. Um, but he did a great job. Yeah. It was good. Brendan made some very good points there. Um, what else can I say about this movie? Um, yeah, I liked how the final girl wasn't your, like, you know, virginal beauty who, like, you know, from the outset you knew was going to be the final girl. Yeah. Um, 
She had a Ramon shirt on and everything. I hated that so much. And her smoking. I was like, okay, girl, I get it. I thought it was funny. No, because there was a reveal that she was smoking to kind of like put on a show. Uh Because she wasn't actually inhaling. She was just holding a cigarette up to her mouth. Yeah, she's right. It's at that point that we realize that, you know, being punk is performative. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's a beautiful statement, Brennan. You're right. No, it's very interesting. Uh Um, So, yeah, so that that was that. I'm done. Oh, okay. Um, what did you think of? Were what was your favorite mask? Like, what was the scariest mask of the three? There's the bag mask, and then the doll mask Probably, with the big eyes. I don't know if, because uh, I don't know if my scary, my favorite mask or scariest mask was because it was scary or because of who was wearing it. And I want to say it was the blonde one, the blonde girl. Yeah, because she be- she had the tall mask with the big empty eyes. Uh huh. And that's just because her hair was really ugly. <laughs> okay, you're like, oh, fix those split ends, girl. Frightening. Yeah. Um. No, it was terrible hair. It was very mousy. Um, and she just looked dirty from behind. Like, because all we ever saw was her back, like leaving the, the trailer. Because she kept yeah. coming to the trailer asking for Tamra or whatever. Um, and so, and so I found her to be the freakiest. Okay. Because it seemed like she could have been your average girl who, um, I mean, we never saw her face, but. I think, actually, I think that's the one where you do see her face. Cause I mean, you... eventually we did, but beforehand we didn't. Yes, you're right. Uh, not until she died did we see her face. Um, but before, like, you just see this kind of mousy girl in regular everyday attire, and you're like, this can kind of be like your average girl who doesn't fit in at school or whatever. Uh-huh. And that is the frightening thing about these movies is that, like, literally they are strangers. They're not doing this out of any sort of revenge. They're just kind of doing it for fun. Uh-huh. Like, it's a very cat and mouse thing because if they wanted to straight up kill these people, they would have long ago, but they're just playing with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is interesting. Um, yeah, so I think that's that's what that is. Um, if you want to contact us, you can find us on Twitter <laughs> at Spring101Pod. What's your favorite mask or scariest mask? Um, I mean, I do like the bag mask because it's got that weird alien face on it. And it's a throwback to your boy, right? What, Jason in part two? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but I do think it's better than Jason in part two because that's just a bag with a hole cut in it and it's not impressive. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so Facebook at Spring101Podcast. <laughs> Email us at scream101podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes. Subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars to encourage Sergio to do super well on his finals. Yeah, so I can write papers and yes. enlighten the world about performative gender and crap. Yeah, I think he's actively falling asleep now at this point. So thank you so much for listening. And you until next time. My finals, Brennan. Do you know how depressing I know. That is? I'm sorry. Good <laughs> I'm luck so on depressed. your journey. And stay gold, everybody. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hi, I'm Brennan. And I'm Dave. And we are the co-hosts of Cast Party. It's a freewheeling pop culture conversation. I am an online media mogul. And I'm not. I'm a drama teacher. Yes. In fact, my drama teacher. We kind of transplant the conversations that we have every time we hang out and do a podcast, and we hope you like it. Check it out. Enjoy at podpeople.me. That was that was really fun and not awkward at all. <laughs> Bye.